my dearest GM, my character would like to cast Fireball. Welcome back to Dice and Salt. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. And we're here this week with episode 148, Quantum Leap. No, it's Quantium Leap. Is it Quantium Leap? It is Quantium Leap. There's a little eye hiding in there. Oh, okay. I don't I don't know what that means then. Well, <laughs> we'll spoil it for what's going to happen in the episode, but Quantium is the capital of Nex. Oh, see, I didn't make that connection. I triple-checked the spelling because uh, Matt... Well, when Matt puts together the names, right, the guys, I assume, team up to decide them and they put them in, I always check the spelling and stuff because sometimes it's a clever play on words or some such. So when I first saw it, I thought, Quantum Leap. And then I'm like, wait, isn't that an extra letter? What the hell? And then in listening to the episode to prep for the podcast, it's actually Quantium. Yeah, see, I saw the I and I just assumed that's how you spelled Quantum. Uh, no. But I also failed English multiple times, so, you know. That's okay. Everyone does. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bad at English and spelling. Well, Mechanical of course you English are. Good. You speak American. You don't speak no, English. Fair. People from England speak English. I don't even speak American well, then. Uh, but that's, that's, that's common. That's common. <laughs> so many dialects, uh, so many inflections, regional, uh, you know, idiosyncrasies. I, come on. Nobody can speak American. All right, well. I guess we should get into the episode. Exactly. They start, I guess they just want to go do shopping because they can't do it here. I, I don't know. Is that, was that the premise of, of what they're doing? Cause well, the, I think the deal is, is that, uh, according to the rules to get the best, biggest bang for your buck in terms of access to the most things that you can buy, you want to go to a metropolis. Right. And, That's um, fair. Oh man, I totally forgot where they're at. They're in Yolospan, but I remember I'm forgetting the name of the city. I thought Yolospan was a city. Okay, and then the, they're, in, they're in Zapotl, something like that. Zapotl. Okay, right. Okay, sorry. Yolospan is the city. They're in Zapotl, and I don't think Yolospan qualifies as a metropolis. Plus, they also blew up the local economy. Yes. So well, they they failed to stop the blowing up of the, the local, local economy. economy. Correct. They didn't deliberately torpedo it. So, but with well, fireball it, but yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's not mix our metaphors, okay? All right, all right, gotcha. So after greater teleporting to Curse to see Rogyar, right? They decided let's go on a world tour. Yeah, and so you know let's go shopping, which of course gratu- gratuitously goes to Port Peril, of course, because like this is obviously a crossover episode, right? Exactly, <laughs> and I, I love I loved I, it. I love Scram talking about, yeah, you know, that three-headed shark. And I'm like, oh, he's talking about Gargolavo. <laughs> Although. You mean, I don't think you mean Scram. <laughs> uh, sorry, whatever. See, it's crossing over already. <laughs> the lines are blurring. Yep. I can't keep Tom's character straight. <laughs> it's fine. But yes, three-headed shark, doot, 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 doot. Yes, that was funny. <laughs> Joe throwing that in, like baby shark, was, was great. Although, the three-headed shark is not Gargolavo. Pretty sure that's exactly what it is. Well, I think, if I remember correctly, the, the three-headed shark monster has a specific name, and it is not Gargolavo. Gargolavo is a specific, uh, super powerful monster. Because the three-headed shark, I think, has the body of a squid. 
The Luska, a three-headed shark octopus monster. I know that that's a thing in there, but I don't. I don't know that Gargolavo is a Leska. I thought the description was for something else, but I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure Gargolavo was the giant red three-headed shark. It might have tentacles too, but like I'm pretty sure it had three heads at the end of Skull and Shackles when it ate the island. When it ate the island. Spoilers, by the way. Spoilers, yeah, yeah. It's got a. Let's see. What is the this beast has yeah. three shark-like heads on short, scaly necks, while its lower body appears to be that of an octopus. It is gargantuan. Yeah, I for some reason I thought Gargolavo was was something close to divine. I maybe I don't know. Far you know far more powerful than this, but I don't I don't know what. Uh, but going back to Port Peril, yeah, I love how Feeks finds them, and then the first thing Joe does is he's like, "So who's this Devoth guy's number two? <laughs> and the series of names get thrown out. A Feeks, a Lemon, a this, a Manny, R.I.P. And Joe's like, da, da, oh. Da. <laughs> oh man, good. yeah, no, it's good. I was, um, I was having a good time the whole time they were there. It, it was fun. It was entertaining, and I loved that it opened with. Uh, so I hear you're the Phrasma Four. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Oh, it's good. Yeah, that was. It was very entertaining. Very entertaining. I enjoyed it. I, as as it is, apparently somebody's been listening to our commentary because, you know, <laughs> we now have Matt voicing Devoth while he's voicing Valbar. I'm telling you, there's going to be some flashback or flash forward or special scene somewhere, maybe brought on by another one of those mind maze spells or whatever it was. And boom, <laughs> it's going to be Devoth and Tiablith and um, <laughs> right, right? Just and all Valbar just characters, you know, talking. Just all of Matt's characters just talking together. Yeah, yeah. You, hey, you remember can, you that time? This, <laughs> just expand it to allow for all of the players' characters over both campaigns just sitting in a room together. Oh god. <laughs> Could you put Joe all of Joe's characters in the same room and get any results? I mean, I think all of Joe's characters just sort of nullify everybody else's, right? I mean, can you imagine <laughs> Helmet and Shield talking a masked brotherhood to each other? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. And even Cheryl, he who hunts the Masked Brotherhood. He's like, hey, I found him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. You're coming with me. We don't exist here. This is a dream. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, you found us, but it ain't going to help you. What? No! <laughs> but, yeah, I. Uh, it's nice to know that even that far south in the shackles that they've heard of, you know, Tarbafon and the group you know, fighting against him, which is good. Yeah, it, what it brought to mind for me and put in maybe a little bit of perspective was Vigil gets blasted mm -hmm. and they set off on like a month-long trek. I mean, as I recall, it was it was fairly lengthy for them to get through Verilich to get to Galaspire, right? right? And we just, we're following them, so we don't know what the rest of the world is seeing or what the rest of the world is learning or what the rest of the world is picking up on. And while they're occupied on that, maybe it's not month-long, maybe it's three weeks, I don't remember the exact count on it right while well, we're sitting there going gosh this seems to be taking a while i mean a lot of days and then they get into galaspire and we're like oh man it seems to be taking a while a lot of days whole rest of the world is going holy crap you know yeah. they're not they don't even they're not even talking about last wall anymore that's called the deadlands or you know whatever i think that's what devoth made made the statement of you know last wall is not last wall anymore it's called the deadlands or something like that yeah uh, and but it's to me, it was holy smoke. I mean, we're caught in the characters here, right? 
we're caught in their little bubble. And for them, the last big thing that happens is la- is a uh, uh, vigil being destroyed. They miss the whole collapse of last wall and everything else, right? You know, they're expecting things to change, but you know, it just utterly collapses while they're trudging along. And here's our first piece of it where now maybe they can see not that anybody noticed that I saw or heard. Yeah. But they, uh, they didn't have a chance to see what was happening while they were walking. You know, it's, uh, it's a little, little interesting there, I thought, and a little revealing. Because they're like, yeah, you know, you can team up with Last Wall. Last Wall? That place <laughs> doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. You know, so I it's mean, not... They, they have been out of it for quite a while, so... Right, right. And, you know, I think you can count, you can obviously count their time in Yolispan as part of that. But, I mean, there's a big chunk of it where they're trekking, and they get a little bit because they catch... What is it? Watcher Lord Althun's army and turn them yeah. back from Ren Church. Yep. So, you know, they have some interaction and it seems like things are still held together somewhat. And then you have, you know, pretty much nothing else. You know, you just don't they don't they have that one piece of contact. So they're not sure necessarily what's going on. Right. They don't have any idea what's left. I guess they uh, they finish up their meeting with DeVos and he basically I don't know if he wants to do you basically just trying to learn what's what's going on from them specifically since they were involved in it. Yeah. So that he can be ready. So he can be ready uh, and he's like, we'll see what we can do to help. Because he's like, yeah, this is no good. And I'd rather get rid of it somewhere way away from me than have it show up on my doorstep. Yeah, but I like how he just kind of dismisses them after that. He's like, you're dismissed. Get yeah, out you're of dismissed. my sight. That was awesome. I That went down <laughs> in my notes. That specific. You're dismissed. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was good. But, and then, uh, and then, of course, everybody wants to steal Chip. I don't well, know it started what... with it started with the fruit bowl, right? Right, right. They were like, "We really hey, want to just, just grab this fruit bowl on the way out." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would have. I did just, I grab a fruit bowl, eat it, you know, eat something, and keep walking with the fruit bowl. Yeah, but it just it devolved into them all trying to to steal Chip and put it in Tarbafon's bedroom and <laughs> watch the problem solve itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh. So good. It's I just so kept good. getting better and better. <laughs> it would be entertaining to see that see that situation stack up because Alex spent that entire campaign complaining that he just could not put the hurt on Devoth at all. I know. And then give him, you know, give him or have Tarbafon run himself and see if uh, you know he's able to uh, stand up to Devoth. Yeah. And then uh, they decide to uh, Greater Kitchen Port to Quantium. Right. This is the city that's like next to, or quote, yeah, it's in next. next and to next Geb. is next to Geb. Right. I assume they're here to get more items. I don't remember them. Did they do shopping here, or did they just kind of hand wave the things they picked up? The shopping is basically because while you're out shopping, and then something would happen to them. That's what happened in Port right. Peril. While you're here okay. shopping and looking around, like you're a couple hours shopping before Feeks finds them. Yeah. But when they get to Quantium, it's there's a giant green and a giant red golem patrolling the city's perimeter you know in this big circle i assume circular path in my head that's what it is because you know every city is you know this perfect circular walled thing um and uh that but yes then they talk they go oh tiabith would be drooling and it's (laughs) too soon too soon that's all i gotta say too soon i mean they were making fun of him like the day the episode after so it's too soon. Okay, it's too soon for you. Oh, <gasps> I thought you loved Tiablith. <laughs> I do love Tiablith. That doesn't mean I'm not going to make fun of him. <laughs> oh, man. All of them are fair game. 
so cold. So cold. You know me. Me and my heart of ice. I, I know. I know. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, I guess Quantium, no, Absalon. Then they go on to Absalon, and Absalon is cut into 11 districts. Right. And, and then <laughs> Joe asked if they, were, they had like some kind of Hunger Games situation right, going on. Right, <laughs> And Alex. Which I loved. <laughs> I, I, I loved it, too. It was funny. But Alex's response, no, no, they don't randomly draw children, you know, and then send them off to kill each other. Make them fight to the death. Moving on. They finish up. Did they, what did they do in Quantum? What did they do in Quantum? I can't uh, even Quantium. Right. In Quantium, they just shopped and right. talked they about meeting, actually have a meeting the king, who I don't know if the leader of that is the is a king or not. I know it's supposed to be the Archmage next, but he's been missing for a while. Yes. Um, and then in Absalon, they talked about how do I get to tap the Starstone? Right, because after they do their shopping here, they their next stop was Absalom. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then they, uh, when they're in Absalom, they ask about the Starstone and kind of how that they're getting the rundown on Absalom. I don't know if they were asking about the Starstone specifically, but what maybe what makes Absalom special or something, so they kind of get the Gazetta rundown. Yeah. Um, and then. I guess Alex makes them roll for knowledge about the city and specifically tells them about the field of dead bodies outside the city walls. And I'm like, okay, so this is the end game then. Like, you're not going to, this is Chekhov's dead bodies. Yep, yep. <laughs> this is Chekhov's graveyard. Uh, this is the end game for the AP. This is absolutely where he's coming. And then he says there's rumors of an, an army massing. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, this is the end game. He's giving away the end of the book or the end of the AP. Like, they're still going to go back and go through the, the mountain, right? Right. The temple. But I, I guarantee you, book six is now Absalom. right here. It's right here in Absalom. And the Starstone. Yeah, that, that's absolutely where Tarbifon is going now. Like, Well, it I, seems like the best place. You'd have a built-in army to lay siege to Absalom. Yeah. That's just everyone waiting for Everyone who's ever died. And yeah, then, everyone that's ever tried to lay siege to the, the city now gets a second chance. And what the heck, what does he give a crap? He'll just radiant fire that sucker. I mean, well, they, they did kind of go over that, right? He doesn't, I mean, they, there's theories from the citizens that they're hearing rumors that they heard that, oh, he wouldn't because the star stone, because it could, you know, that could be crazy. And, you know, what does he care? He's a lich. He gets blown up unless something weird happens. Insert polarity of O'Balls is changed. Right. He fires that and he blows up. Absalon and the Starstone's fine. But is it fine? Do they not? They, there was some talk about maybe the two, since they're kind of maybe from the same meteor, that, you know, maybe they'll interact with each other and he might actually damage it. Yeah, but what does he care if he damages the Starstone? That's not the source of his I, radiant fire. The Kumaro tree is. Right, but the whole point of him, I think, going to Absalon would be to get the Starstone. If he damages it, he doesn't get to be God. If he damages it, then no one gets it. Right, but I don't think that's what he wants, right? He wants to become a god, so why would he damage the thing he wants? Well, but then that means that something could give him that power, and he's just going to rise to godhood because he's that awesome. I mean, I, I one of the things uh, that's going on is that Tarbafon has his own, I'm going to say kooky, thought process where uh-huh. he's ascending to godhood all on his own and by you know his power, and he doesn't need the star stone to do it. Think he does, but well, mechanically in in the world of Galar- Pathfinder and Galarian and all that, he might need it. I mean, he may not possess enough power or have gathered enough power or done whatever to ascend himself, like right. somehow might happen. 
So maybe the st- he needs the Starstone. But the thing is, he doesn't necessarily think he needs the Starstone. And going and getting it, okay, that's a shortcut. I could like, you know, he could say, hey, that's a shortcut. That's cool. But I don't need it. So I'll just right. blast the city. And if it survives, great. If it doesn't, what do I care? Now nobody can come can become gods and challenge me. Or, you know, since I'm better than gods, you know, mildly perturb me. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's... I guess. I don't see him doing that, though. But I don't know. Just, I just I don't see him me. as being cautious. Yeah, and I just don't see him as blowing up a whole city just to have to sift through the rubble for something he might have damaged. I don't know, man. The Temple of the Star Stone is pretty beefy. And, I mean, look what happened to Gallowspire and that, that blast of radiant fire was... Gr- Gallowspire was ground zero. Right. And it, it took all that to sunder it in half. So I think if it's not the primary target of the radiant fire... I think that temple's going to survive and the Starstone's going to be fine. I mean, yeah. I mean, if he blows up the outer wall and just carves a path to the, the temple, that's yeah. one thing. I mean, you know, wherever he detonates it, it could the blast wave could carry past it. But if it's not at ground zero, I don't know. I'm thinking, and again, which is why I'm thinking he's just going to, he's got his army, well, he fires it, and then he goes, dries up my army, and and you know, in you go to to take it, and everybody's dying, and undead are rising up and taking them, and I mean, you know, all chaos. Right. And then he's got the temple to just take. Besides, if enough. he if he leaves the temple intact, the temple has all sorts of crazy stuff, as I recall, that it does, you know, to determine whether you're worthy or not. Yeah, it challenges you, and, and like it right. changes it, the interior specifically for the person challenging it. I think. Yeah, so Tarbaphon blasts the temple, blows a hole in it straight to the Starstone, and <laughs> sunders it. I mean, how's the temple going to change as he walks through the, the rubble to pick it up or I mean, touch it or di- whatever he's going to do? It's divine magic. It can kind of do what it wants, I think. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. We'll just have to we'll, we'll see what what it happens when we get there, I guess. Because I'm, I'm, but I, I agree. Would put money that this is the this is the end game. <laughs> I agree. I could, I absolutely hundred percent see this as a thing, especially with you pointing out this, you know, pre-built siege army in place that has snuck in there on the bat on Absalon. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Like it just, uh, it's gonna be interesting. I, I did. I did want to talk about some of the one of the. I think one of the very few items that was actually mentioned as being bought, mm-hmm. which was uh, Joe's necklaces. Yes, uh, he can't wear three necklaces. You get one neck slot. Mechanically, uh, actually, he can't wear three. Actually, with the talismans, he can. <laughs> really? Yes, but he where, can only be under the effects of one at a time. Where Where is this rule? I need to see this rule. Uh, I looked it up, and let's see. Let me punch this back in. Okay. Oh no, you're right. Huh. Up to three talismans can be worn on a quarter chain. Yeah, it's right there at the top of the archives link you sent. Yes, but your your only benefit from one talisman's effect at a time. But if he gets three of the exact same one, then one can work, crumble the dust. The next one can activate, and then be used, crumble the dust. And the next one can activate, be used, crumble the dust. Right. Since they're kind of one off, one and done things. Yeah. They're not like a constant. Um, you know. It's, it's well, not they a they are effect. they are constant but the the difference is is that let's see well it just it says if if what a talisman would be triggered while its wearer is under the effect of another one that talisman is not triggered and it can still be used later with with the healing one he's healed and then it's done right it's not constantly right, right, healing him right so that's I why guess, it'll... i i guess as i'm reading this they would all 
be active at once because it says it can benefit from only one talisman's effect at a time, not that they're not all operating at the same time. So if you put together a combination of talismans, all of them could be ready to go. But I assume if you trigger one and then immediately before your next turn or something, another one's going to trigger, then that would say, nope, can't because you're still under the effect of this because that hasn't finished, I assume. Yeah, that's getting pretty gritty. Yeah. That would be, I think at that point, like maybe a GM call. It's like, yeah, does it take the full turn to, does it have to come back to you? to you know either your turn or the that creature that dealt the the blow to use turn for it to finish out its effect does it take a full round is what i'm asking i don't know yeah i i'm i i don't know on those either plus i'm not well read up on these so i don't know if these are almost all instants and so it only applies in a couple of situations or if it's like it it really never applies because they're all instant and the only time it would apply is if you had like multiple healing ones you were wearing well so, no because like or something so- or They've got other talismans, like the Talisman of Freedom. It says you're automatically affected by freedom of movement for three rounds. So, like, if he had that one and and a healing talisman, if the freedom one is still working, like, and you're on round two... There you go, yeah. The Talisman of Healing isn't going to trigger if you drop below half health, so... Got it, yeah. So, I mean... But, yeah, I, I think, based on the reading of the talisman of healing power, I think it's a one-and-done, because it says it functions essentially as cure critical wounds, which is... It's cast and it's it's instantaneous. So it's instantaneous. Okay. So then, you know, in one combat round. Yeah. All three could trigger if he gets hit. All three could be triggered. But not the, the same thing isn't going not to trigger Not the same attack, all three. yeah. Okay. Even though the same okay. attack might qualify, I guess, to have triggered all three. Right. So. But, cool. Well, I guess technically, like, if he drops to, like, one HP and they give him... Because it doesn't bring him back up to half health. It only triggers when he drips below half health if he drops all the way down to like one hp and one talisman isn't enough to bring him back multiples would trigger you know consecutively uh that's not what i get i I, what i get is is the first time it's he's reduced to fewer than half max hit points right he gets a heal so if he gets dropped to one h let's let's say he has 100 hit points and Uh he takes a a big hit 99 hit points of damage right uh, ignoring the fact that that might qualify for massive damage, ignoring <laughs> that for a minute, he gets dropped down to one. Then he's going to get 48 plus seven hit points back. Mm-hmm. It would not fire the next one because this isn't the first time he's been reduced to half his max hit points. Mm. See, it wouldn't fire one, two, three. It was, it's a whole separate attack would have to come in and do it again. And somehow he'd have to get back to full maybe. He'd have to get over half, I guess, because it says the first time the wear is reduced to fewer than half. Yeah, I yeah, I. That's a weird bit of. Um, well, I think what they're trying to get it. I think what they're trying to do is, is you don't hold. You couldn't hold on to it. It just automatically you get dropped and it fires. Right. And then I. I mean, I'm making an assumption that if you got back above half with your 48 plus seven, and you had more of those talismans on, right, that if. You got dropped. You drop below again, then it would bam pop you back up. Right, the but second if, one would go off. Right, but it. Let's say that you're at one hit point. And you get forty eight plus seven back, and miracle miracles, you get everything. So you're now at forty hit points. But Joe has a hundred hit points, so he's not back above that half threshold, and he gets hit again. And this time Whoa. it's a wimpy hit. He only takes a point of damage. The second talisman wouldn't fire because he hasn't gone up above half hit points again for it to be the first for it to recreate a first time you're below uh, half your max hit points. Yeah, I think that 
I think that that would have to be like a GM call, but I could see it doing that where it wouldn't it wouldn't fire until you got back above half. But I could also see it maybe you know you you get hit, you drop below half, and one doesn't bring you back, but you have a second one. I could see that one going off as well, and basically two in in rapid succession, you know, to bring you back up. But like I said, I think that would be a GM call due to some of the wording in here. Yeah, I I wouldn't see it working that way since they're not. If you're under the effect of one, you're not supposed to have multiple ones go off right but the moment he's healed he's no longer under the effect of that he's just he's now right but the the other in in our case in this case where he has three talismans of healing power Mm -hmm. they all trigger off the same hit right but only one of them goes through only one of them goes through but these guys have already triggered for that drop below half maximum hit points yeah okay See, I, I can see that then. So that's, to me, you know, the first time happens, all three of them can go off. But the, the rules of how the magic works says, now nah, only one of them does. Because yeah. then you'd be under the effects of multiple. Right. Okay. So those two are now shelved until we can somehow recreate their trigger. Right. Dipping below half health. So if this first one doesn't bring you above half health, you have to heal yourself more before you can get another one to fire. I could, I see that. Because it does yeah. say the first time you drop below half health, you're automatically healed. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, I totally concede that this is not well-written. <laughs> Wait, it's from Paizo. It has to be well-written. Well, uh, you know, sometimes, because, you know, the first time the wearer is reduced to fewer, and you're like, okay, so is that the first time ever in his life? Is that, you know... And Probably the first time after he puts after it on. After puts it on. Yeah I, I, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. It's a logical interpretation, but I mean, again... It's not spelled out, which then doesn't help you with figuring out how this thing works in the situation where you have three of them around your neck. Right. Again, I think it would just be a GM call, but... Yeah, no, I mean, it's totally a GM call in every way. So, we'll, we'll see how Alex chooses to go with it. Well, he did He did say if if we needed any clarification, we could uh, we could let him know. <laughs> Should we? Do you want to bug him? He is out to lunch with his wife. Well, he said, let me know if y'all need anything clarified or something. Uh, let's let's let him enjoy lunch with his wife. Oh, all right. He's and the one that know, opened the door. He's the one that's the fool. Well, yes, but that doesn't mean we have to let him continue to be foolish. He's clearly. No, what you're saying is is that we don't have to take advantage of his foolishness and you know bring pain and suffering. <laughs> and I disagree with you, but uh, I will defer to you in this matter. <laughs> okay. All right, well, I guess since we got that mostly, you know, as clear as we could make it, I guess. Yeah, I think we muddied it up good. <laughs> yeah, they they head back to, uh, you know, they used Greater Kitchen Port one last time because apparently they can only do it one more time. So they either have to use it to go home or use it to go somewhere else and spend the night. Right, and they, and they, they chose to just, just to go, go which go home. made me sad because, you know, they could have gone. There was another destination they could have gone to, which would have been really fun if they wanted to do a complete crossover episode. But they didn't. Well, yes, yes, <laughs> they, they could have completely crossed over to your your play by mail, right? Mail, play by post. Uh, play by post. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, play by play by mail. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> oh sorry. My god, sorry. That would be Dated so myself good. there. Sorry. <laughs> I meant yeah. email. I meant email. Come on now. <laughs> say email you said mail oh shush. mail oh shush play by mail same damn thing <laughs> no it's clearly not <laughs> it 
that just, is the I'm same just... thing. Somebody says what they're doing and they post it and wait for you to process it. And then you process and tell them how it resulted and tell them how it interacted with other people's postings and what they did. No, and then you wait for them to respond. Same as play by mail. No, you have to send out five letters, one, four letters, one to each of the other three players and the GM. And Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My dearest GM, my character would like to cast Fireball. Hey, you make fun, but they had big games that did this stuff. It's so good. Oh, it's good. I love it. Oh, my God. One little slip and Toast is like, yeah, let's not bug Alex for his stupidity, but hell, let's tear Lord Richter a new one. No, it wasn't because no, it was just funny. I'm like, play by mail is great. That's that's insane. <laughs> but I love the idea, right? Well, h- yeah, but how do you think they did it before they had, you know, regular bulletin boards and all this stuff? I didn't know they would bother. I didn't know they would do that. Oh yeah, I they mean, I've heard these I've heard were of so people... big toast they advertised in like Dragon magazine and other gaming magazines. These play by mail games. I sh- kid you not. I, I mean, I guess I I should have should have guessed but like because i know they did chess by mail people would play chess you know they would mail their moves to each other mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's not a it's not a, a, a hard leap to imagine they would you know do D by post but oh I'll, not just uh, D, but lots of i mean lots of things right lots of I, games. I i use D as a catch-all yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah yeah so it, it, it shouldn't surprise me it just it caught me off guard and i'm like oh my god that's great <laughs> It's so good. Yeah, and from what I understand, it it was a lot like uh, what you described. <laughs> I mean, I think I think in some cases they offered people almost like a like a choose your own adventure. What do you want to do? And gave them three four options or something. Right. But it was, and by the way, these were before the choose your own adventures. But you know, it was there was a lot you could do. I mean, it wasn't you weren't just stuck with certain things that you could do. And then they had. Uh, they did all kinds of game styles that way. And often they charged you a small fee. I'm I'm not surprised there at all. You know, two or three bucks, I think. Something like that. Well, they end up back at Mariana's and in her kitchen and Argina screams and blames it on, on her. <laughs> yes. And then and then we go- the, Arginus decides that he's going to cook for everyone, which is basically just using his now his new cauldron to create food. Like, he's not actually cooking. He's just, like, telling the cauldron, hey, give me food. Right, right. <laughs> Which is a complete Arginus thing to do. But then Mariana has this huge... Shameful. Shameful, shameful secret. Secret that she's like, oh, there's something bad that's... Or she doesn't say bad, but there's something I have to tell you. And we'll do that next week. And I'm just like, you bastard. Oh, no, I know what it is. She's Tarbafon's agent Nessie. I mean, you called that, you know, the moment she showed up. So if that's right, I'm I'm going to scream and be sad. <laughs> You're going to scream and be sad because I knew the truth from the beginning? Because I saw through the charade? No, because I didn't believe you. That's oh, I see. Be, I see. I'll be sad. I'll be like, oh, you were right the whole time. I am a fool. I would never say you're a fool, Toast. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we kind of end the, uh, end the episode on that cliffhanger, which more or less of a cliffhanger for some of us. Yeah, I'd say it's less of a cliffhanger for me, but you know, we'll see what happens next week. Yeah. No no doubt Alex will uh will listen to this episode and then have to change what he's doing just so that I won't be right. Exactly. I mean, this is how he operates. I know. <laughs> That's actually why he's bugging us while we're recording. 
you know, <laughs> sending in because he's trying to suss out any of those little things he can change so that I'm wrong. Yes, this is a. Uh... This is his way of... Messing with us, keeping it fresh. Yeah. I had a different word in mind and my brain went blank. Anyway, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Nothing else this week. All right. Then I guess uh, that's going to do it for us this week. You can find us and the players on the Inspired Incompetence Discord. Links can be found at inspiredincompetence.com. I'm Lady Toast. And I'm Lord Richter. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. But Alex's response, no, no, they don't randomly draw children, you know, and then send them off to kill each other. And I was like, but wait a second, wait a second. In Hunger Games, Districts 1 and 2 specifically were mentioned as having academies where they groomed and prepped their tributes. So they weren't randomly drawing. So now that makes me wonder. No, they were randomly drawing, and then the people from the academy would volunteer. Well, if you volunteer, there's no draw. No, you still had to draw because you there had to be someone to volunteer to take your place. You couldn't just volunteer to do it. There, you still had to be drawn. Now, I don't think so. No, I watched the movies about a week well, ago. They, yes, they the still movie, just... in the movie, she does the thing because it draws her sister. <laughs> right? Then the she says, no, too. I'll be tribute. This but they don't draw Games a second podcast. name. They don't draw a second name. Yeah, you can cut all this. That's fine. Cut it all. No, no, they don't draw a second name. They because you, the first what's name his is name Peter Lamo or Petra Petro Petro whatever his name was goes. I volunteer to be tribute, so they don't have to have a body to replace. You can just volunteer uh, to be tribute. No, they he they drew his name. No, they he didn't was draw the bo- his name. Yes, they he did. Volunteer? No, he he volunteered in book two to take Hamish's place. Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> they drew his name the first time. Look, it specifically said districts one <laughs> and two don't do it. They just they just volunteer tribute. They have a competition and those guys go as tribute. They don't do a draw. They said that. I, I swear to you that's not how it works. <laughs> okay, whatever. <laughs> Welcome to Hunger Talk. Yeah. Yeah, we're starving today. <laughs>